Hey, listeners. After five babies, I've changed a lot of diapers. And I have opinions about them. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are best to use when your baby is older. But in my experience, they're the best diapers to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. That's because these diapers don't have ordinary diaper tabs. They have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who just can't stop moving. Just slide on to apply, rip the sides to remove, and roll everything up with the disposal tape on the back. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof and just got even better with a new blowout barrier. And since these diapers stretch with your baby, your active baby can move all over the place, getting into everything as usual. Pampers Cruisers 360 are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is going to be an episode on things to consider if you are pondering having a third kid. We thought about calling it, should you have a third kid? I guess that would be a little bit more straightforward of a title. But Sarah, I mean, we get this question all the time, right? I mean, this yes. this one, even, even just now, as we were coming up with notes for this one. I was absolutely delighted to receive in my email inbox a very detailed question from a listener. I'm not going to share the name or anything, but I swear it was almost as if she had read this outline and was asking us to do this exact episode. She wanted to hear all about the pros and cons of having a third kid in terms of logistics and costs and positives. And I'm like, oh my God, that's coming out very soon. So it was a very timely request and it's a very common request. And I will add that I feel like most people who are asking people with at least three kids, whether they should have a third, probably have an answer they want to hear. And maybe if you're asking someone with one child, are you happy with one kid, then maybe you're like hoping to be like happy with a smaller family. Like I like I feel like there's a little bit of like leading the witness or, or something yeah. like that. But that's okay. I feel like there's a lot to talk about. And I feel like 
we identified some things for this episode that aren't necessarily obvious things you might think about when it comes to having a third kid, but that we've learned by by doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said that having a third was possibly a little bit out of character for you. For anyone who's just tuning in, like if a friend sent you this episode, Sarah has three children who are 11, 9, and 5. I have five children who are 16, 13, 11, 8, and 3. So you said that, you know, and our littlest ones both came out in the course that we had this podcast. So we've, we've in fact, talked a little bit about this in the past. But Sarah, you said having a third may have been a little bit out of character for you. Yeah, I feel like I tend to like want things to be efficient and easier. Like I refuse to get a dog, for example, because I'm just like, I can't even wrap my head around like all the things that that might entail work wise. And I'm like happy, you know, happy in my current situation. And like some might have applied that to a third child, right? Like I already had a decent sized family and logistically and cost wise and all these other ways. um, Having more children makes things harder than what might be seen as like this quote unquote standard or average number of kids. And yet I, in like 2016, when Cameron was, I guess he would have been like two and a half, I was just like overwhelmed with the desire for another child. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Like the idea of like having this one more and I just didn't feel complete and I wanted a bigger family and my feelings absolutely outweighed the kind of logical side of me. And I was reflecting on the fact that like, I am an ESFJ (laughs) in the Myers-Briggs framework. And you might think I'm more of a TJ. I think my whole family identifies as something, something TJ, but I'm an FJ and I listen to my heart and I'm so happy I did. And I'm glad my heart hasn't told me to have a fourth, but it absolutely wanted the wanted the <laughs> yeah, third. I was gonna say when the heart keeps going, like next thing you know, it's like again, again. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I always wanted at least three. So the third one wasn't the 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 big question. And then, you know, you wound up with we wind up with five and the dogs. So here we go. It's just all chaotic over here. But there are definitely some things to consider. I mean, first, the cost. We do definitely live in a society where having children comes with certain costs. There is certain things that are the, the marginal costs, I guess, as they say, can decline on certain things. You, you know, once you get the zoo family membership, you do not have to usually pay more for the second child or the third child versus the first. Many people do get the family car at some point. So if you already got the minivan when you had two kids, like putting the third in it isn't going to change that. But on the other hand, there's a lot of stuff that is set up for families that are roughly the size of four people, like most cars. Because you, you put all three in car seats in, across the back of your Prius for a while, right? Yes. I'd like everyone to know that that is theoretically possible. The Diano Radian car seats are narrow and you can fit three actual car seats in the back of the Prius. But at some point, you will not want to because even if they physically fit, they're just too close to each other. And as they grow, it's like the annoyance factor is is beyond. And now they complain. Unfortunately, we tell them to like just deal with it when they have to go in my husband's like now he's kind of taking the Prius and I drive the bigger car, which is a Highlander, which they definitely fit comfortably in. The fighting and the chaos is less when they are not literally on top of each other. So just because you can doesn't mean you will want to in the future. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, again, this is just a question of when do you decide to get the suburban family house? Uh, You know, if you've done that once you had two kids, then it's not usually a big deal to put a third in it. On the other hand, if you wanted this sort of 
urban lifestyle, two kids, particularly two kids of the same gender, could stay in a shared bedroom forever, meaning you could live in a two-bedroom condo somewhere, which is just a living format that there is a lot more options. Uh, if you you know want to be in an apartment or a condo somewhere in a city, you can certainly find that in a way that is much more challenging to find, say, a three-bedroom or a four-bedroom. So then you definitely do wind up out in a place where there is more space, such as the burbs, which is where we both have wound up living, travel. So it turns out that a lot of hotel rooms will only take four people. You know, and maybe you can get around that with like a baby in a crib for a while, but once they're needing a bed, the hotels will at most have the two queen beds. And so then if there are more of four of you, you've got to find certain places. So, you know, we wind up going to embassy suites, right? Do a lot of Verbo and home away rentals when you go to places. Even, yeah, cruises, like... <laughs> yeah, and again, this how is did like, you wind up doing this? That you this had to have two no rooms? way a complaint, like this would be such a gross complaint, but like just FYI, cruising as a family of five is like weirdly more expensive than a family of four. I mean, we've only done the Disney Cruise Line, but you either have to get like two rooms or you get a suite. And either way, it's not it's not 25% more <laughs> as it's it should double. be. It's double. It's, it's close to double. So yeah, not a marginal cost in that situation. Although I guess it would be going from three to four a marginal cost, but not, not four to five people in your yeah. family. Yeah. And then there's childcare, which on some level, it's like, well, if you, you know, hire a, a nanny for two kids versus three kids, it's not, you know, going to be that different of a thing. But the question is how many years you need that. And, you know, in our case where we wind up, you know, we have our last child is five years younger than the kid before him. It wound up adding many years to the situation of, of needing full-time childcare versus what we'd have if our youngest child was currently eight. I don't think we would need an extensive amount of help at this point. We'd need some driving help after school, but we wouldn't need full-time care during the day because, you know, Alex, even if he was homesick, could probably watch himself as long as another adult was here. Like, he could watch videos or whatever. It's like we didn't need somebody with him. But, you know, you need more years of care for sure. And so that's something to consider, particularly if they are stretched out a long way. Yeah, that's a really good point. The stretching out can actually add to the cost probably in more ways than one if you think about it. Yeah, more years of needing a babysitter. We're going to get to logistics, but it makes logistics a little bit more difficult as well compared to maybe having three kids within a four-year span, which is not that uncommon to have like a zero, two, and four-year-old or something like that. Yeah. And obviously, if you you plan to pay for college, that will add, you know, that's not a marginal cost. I think that's a full another cost that... There's no two-for-one discount? There's no two-for-one discount usually. I don't know. Maybe you could find someplace <laughs> that would do that. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. It could happen. But uh, yes, generally the third will add a full third cost. So logistics, the more challenges that, you know, you want to think about. One thing we've found, you know, if you have two kids, you can do a carpool with like neighbors, right? With three, it's you just can't like you can't add three people to anything. Like even if you're a house guest somewhere coming in with three children and the two of you, 
it's like a lot of people to descend on anyone's house. And, and some people have houses that can, you know, take it and you can put kids up in, you know, mattresses in a basement or in a playroom or whatever, if people have that. But it's just a lot of you to go anywhere or to ask anyone else to incorporate into their routine. So that does make it a little bit more challenging. Yeah. If you have older family members that watch the kids, there may be a certain number of kids where it just gets past what they're, you know, able to comfortably handle. One kid, probably fine. Four kids. If you're in your mid seventies, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. You're going to have fewer relatives offering to babysit (laughs) when you have a bigger family versus if you have one there's also just the the logistics like of you know we have this under the category of logistics and we're thinking of the different categories but just logistics in general like i can tell you that every week i am like coordinating where five children are going at any given point and who is driving them where like what activities they have if somebody has days off i mean if you have three or more kids who are spread out over a certain number of years, they're going to be in different schools for a certain number of that time, unless you're in one of those places that's a K-12 school, in which case that's totally different. You don't have this issue. But the odds that at least at some point you're going to have kids in at least two different schools are very high once you have three or more kids. So there are different schedules. Obviously, three kids, it's very difficult for all three to be into the exact same thing. I'm not saying that two would be either, but it might be at least slightly easier to take one kid along to somebody else's thing versus two or coordinating where everybody is at the time. So, you know, I wind up sending these weekly emails with where everybody needs to be, all the rides, when things move around, when lessons have to be shifted, you know, it's just, there's so many moving parts. And if this is going to drive you crazy, that's something to consider. Then maybe you, you know, can have three kids, but don't put them in anything. (laughs) I guess that's, you have to have more of a a minimalist family lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's both a cost and a logistics issue. If each kid is doing two paid activities and you have four kids, that's a lot of monthly, uh, like, you know, I don't know, credit card charges that are just kind of going through. It can really, really add up. And I have seen that like our activities budget seems to only be growing as the kids are getting older. So I probably haven't even like gotten to the tip of the iceberg. I'll mention summer camp. So in this area in South Florida, it's really common to send kids to sleepaway camp. You guys, we talked about, I sent Annabelle and Cameron went last year and um, they're doing something a little bit different this year. But I have a lot of friends who like really enjoy like a two or three week period, perhaps where their kids are entirely gone and out of the house and they can go on a big trip with just adults and, you know, not worry about childcare. If your kids have a decent size age span, that will probably never happen. Like, I don't see that in my future because by the time Genevieve might be old enough to consider sleepaway camp, I doubt that both the older kids are going to want to go. And that's totally fine. Like, I I actually don't mind that. And I'm happy with how our summer is turning out and the way that it's going to be. But if that was like part of your dream or what you imagined, having more kids, especially the farther they are spaced out, is going to make that less of a realistic proposition. Yeah, it's also harder to find activities where everyone's going to be happy. Um, There are very few things that all five of my children enjoy. You know, there's been a few that everyone seems to enjoy, but even just like, you know, going to an amusement park, like let alone corralling seven people through an amusement park or the cost of bringing seven people to an amusement park, like they can't go on the same rides. And so that's always a question of who's going where and who wants to do what. And, 
you know, there's just a lot of sort of give and take with that. I'm always on the lookout for things that are allegedly fun for the whole family, but there are not a whole lot of things that are fun for the whole family. So, you know, you just kind of have to make your peace with that. When your kids are little, you think, oh, we're going to like go to the playground forever. But like tweens aren't going to be that excited about going to the playground. They're going to be sitting in the car on their phone. And that's okay. (laughs) But it just means it's one family outing that doesn't work as well. Yeah. And and it's more challenging to get one-on-one time. I think I've been doing a fairly good job of it, but... And I even do it every day, but you can consider that my bedtime routine, you know, when I'm putting kids to bed at, you know, I'm turning out the lights at 10 o'clock, I'm going to four different rooms at that point and talking with four different people, you know, about their days and all that stuff. And as an introverted person, that's occasionally a little bit challenging because at that point I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone, but I'm like, well, uh, this is when my kids want to talk to me. So I'm going to dig deep and be, be good about it and be grateful that they are willing to chat with me. But, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. Totally. So I just get that. keep saying that it's a lot of people. Uh, you know, not even when they're just uh, the babies, but then th- they're you know, there for years and years and years. But I tend to think that's a good thing, which is what we will get to after the break. Hey, listeners. After five babies, I've changed a lot of diapers. And I have opinions about them. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are best to use when your baby is older. But in my experience, they're the best diapers to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. That's because these diapers don't have ordinary diaper tabs. They have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who just can't stop moving. Just slide on to apply, rip the sides to remove, and roll everything up with the disposal tape on the back. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof and just got even better with a new blowout barrier. And since these diapers stretch with your baby, your active baby can move all over the place, getting into everything as usual. Pampers Cruisers 360 are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. For trusted protection, Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Today's episode is sponsored by Thrive Cosmetics. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. They are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and using uncompromising standards. I've learned that the things I value most in my skincare and makeup are efficiency, quality, and ease of use. I have found all of these and more in Thrive Cosmetics. Lately, I've been super into their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. This is a flake-free tubing formula that never clumps, and trust me, if I can get it to look good, anyone can. The other wonderful thing about Thrive is that cause is in their name for a reason, with every purchase supporting organizations that help communities thrive. I love supporting a company that truly gives back. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash bestof. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash bestof for 20% off your first order. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. 
chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. We are back talking about things to consider if you're going to have a third child or if you're going to, you know, if you have a third kid and you're thinking of having a fourth or fifth or heck, a sixth. We've got listeners with all of those. I know for sure. Maybe even more. Part of this, I signed up for this Facebook group called Large Family Tricks of the Trade. And it's really fascinating. I think if anyone is in a big family category, so you'd qualify for, for that list. You, it's interesting to see the different challenges and things people come up with. So I'll put that one out there. but. So things that might be more neutral. We've been talking in the beginning about some of the challenges and and things to consider, the sheer logistics and cost of having a lot of kids, things that might be more neutral. So career considerations. I'm going to throw out that this might be more neutral. Now, to be sure, if you have three children versus two and you are the one giving birth to them, but even if you're adopting or whatever, you're going to have some sort of leave out as you're adjusting with the child being part of your home. Um, So there's more leaves, so time out of the workforce three children get sick more than two children get sick, although they tend to get sick at roughly the same time. I mean, so it's just that it extends a little bit for each bout of illness. So there's more years with interrupted sleep and all that, and all those things can be challenging. And so there is some data that women with three or more kids are less likely to be in the workforce, but I think that is a lot of preference driving that versus actual causal effect. Like, I think many people who want larger families were more oriented toward that as their life goal, I guess, maybe. And so they weren't necessarily deeply into the workforce anyway, right? Like that they were looking more to, you know, exit for a while and be the mother of this large brood. Whereas if you have gotten to two and your career is going great with two I don't think the third is necessarily going to be the thing that would make a high-powered, love-working mom decide to leave. Right, Sarah? (laughs) Yes. I mean, and there's so many examples of this, not just me, but I think of so many of our listeners and Patreon members, former guest Rebecca Fike of LagLive. I mean, she's got three kids, and now she's working a really, really big law type of a job, and she's really thriving doing that. So there is absolutely nothing out there that says that you cannot have three-plus children and a very significant career path. I also wonder if, you know, if you have a career that you really like, and particularly one that provides decent compensation, having more than two kids might actually kind of prevent you from cheaping out on childcare. (laughs) Like, you know, especially if you have a younger kid for longer, you're more likely to go the nanny route, which might actually lead to more work time flexibility than perhaps if you had two kids who are a little bit older and you're kind of like, okay, I think they're fine in the aftercare, but then I have to get there by 6 p.m. Because I have definitely enjoyed having increased flexibility by keeping the more full-time childcare as the kids are older, because it means that in the evenings, if I need to go to a work event that's late or a fun event that's late, then I'm able to do that. So yeah, it's kind of like a backwards way of thinking about it. And personally, I mean, I've taken three maternity leaves. None of them are that long because they're just not that long in the industry where I work. I mean, they're like 10 to 12 weeks each. And it's just such a blip on the radar when you consider how many weeks I have not taken maternity leave for. And so I just feel like it goes fast and the work is still there when you're finished. Generally, I've never felt like I like missed anything. Those years right after the the years like right after babies are tough. They're absolutely tough. But at the same time, like they're still not 
comprising the chunk of my working years. Yeah. So it's a small blip in the grand scheme of things. And, and even the baby years are, are pretty short. I mean, they're, they're rough, but, uh, you know, if you had three children and they were more than two years apart and you know, then you'd have six years where you had a kid under the age of two, right? I mean, this is just math. And if they were less than two years apart, then you have less than six years with kids under the age of two. So it, it just doesn't, you know, it versus the entirety of your life, like the 80 right. years of your like life. Your career, like just, you might, yeah. And even your career life, like, let's say you finish all of your training and graduate school, whatever, by 30 and you work until at least 60, that's 30 years. Okay. Six of them were really rough and you took 36 total weeks of leave. I mean, well, in other countries you would take more, but in the U S it's like, it's like nothing compared to the, the overall arc of things. Yeah. So if you are, are pondering that, like, will a third maternity leave tank your career? We would say no. And if you think it will at your company, you should go find a different company to work for. That would value you much more. There are some awesome things about having lots of kids. I mean, I know, like, having a big brood has just been fun, like, because they're all cool people. Like, <laughs> I mean, I enjoy getting to know them. And so it's like, you know, you're thinking about having a third, like, this third kid will be an awesome person in your life, like for the rest of your life. And I mean, most likely, I mean, I guess, you know, things could go horribly awry, but uh, it just most likely this will be a person that is as awesome as your other two kids that you will then get to experience and that, you know, will be in the world and doing whatever cool things they are doing in the world. There's just, I mean, even when they're little, there are cool things like the fact that I'm seeing my older children help with my younger ones and even just playing together. It's been really cool to see sort of Alex take on a leadership role with Henry, um, you know, teaching him stuff or trying to get him to do stuff. And of course, you know, Henry idolizes Alex, which is, is good to have that because when you're the littlest of the sort of big four, the older three may not be treating you with that kind of deference that, the three-year-old is then giving you. So there's just allows for so many different dynamics and interpersonal relationships and people can take on different roles kind of in a bigger family in a way that you might not have as much if there are only two children. So yeah, that's something I've, I've enjoyed seeing. Yeah. And there is that like helpful factor. And I don't necessarily even mean like, you know, putting your older ones to work babysitting, but like, I was just thinking like I was dropping off Cameron today and I like kind of left Genevieve and Annabelle like waiting for me. And I wouldn't have felt comfortable just leaving Genevieve, but because it was for like one minute because it was both of them. I'm like, okay, they're fine. Like there's something about having two or like taking both of them to Trader Joe's a lot of times is easier than taking just Genevieve because like I just have that extra set of hands, the extra pair of eyes. And so even when you're not, again, putting them, quote unquote, in charge, sometimes just a kind of mid-sized person helping you with your kindergartner can be can be really, really helpful and really heartwarming to see. Yesterday, I was, I forget what I was doing. I had just gotten home from work and Annabelle actually helped Genevieve like practice piano. It was the cutest thing. It was the yeah. best. So, no, that is and, really cute. You tend to have, as you have a larger family, you put various processes in place that make any individual thing for any individual kid slightly less of a big deal. And the first one, it still is like, so we are now currently figuring out the driving thing, right? Like that's something, you know, we had to figure out how do you get your permit and how do you teach a kid how to drive? But we've been through toilet training four times already. And, you know, so the fifth kid, it's, he's taking his time, but I'm pretty sure it will happen. 
you know, or transitioning from a crib to a, a big kid bed or registering them for public school kindergarten. I've now done it four times and I'll have to do it a fifth time in another year or so. But it's it's like I've done it, like all of these things. And I, and I like it, too. A lot of stuff with kids, like when you're doing it with one kid, it's it's almost like buying property or something. Like if you've never bought a house before, it seems like this whole huge deal, like when you're doing it. But people who are then like real estate investors do it again and again and again, and they're sort of used to it, right? So it's just not that big a deal each individual time for them. And I get it. That's sometimes what I feel like with some of our processes. Like, you know, if a kid wants to do this activity, I'm like, well, I already know that there are two places in town that can do it. So I could go sign them up for one of them or, you know, various different things. Or here's where I'm going to keep all the medical forms so I can sign this kid up for camp. And I know that this camp requires this. So I've already got it ready to go. And, you know, you just develop certain efficiencies. The more kids you do, you become more of an expert on all of it. And you also probably judge yourself less if things go differently because you have more of that perspective that we mentioned many times, like, well, that kid didn't read the manual. Like, if you have one child and toilet training goes very poorly or takes a really long time, you might beat yourself up. But if you have five kids and one kid went really fast and one kid went really slow, then you're like, you have that perspective. You're like, oh, it's nothing that I did. It's just the kid. They're different. And I know the process and I'm okay. And the whole thing, yeah, just becomes less of a thing, just less of a big deal. Less of a big deal. We love that big family crowded table feeling. (laughs) The Brandy Carlisle song. I love that song. Well, just, you know, considering with things like you know, it's not just how hard are the baby years. It's how many people do you want to have around your table when they're older? Like when, you know, how many kids would you like to be? You have a table, you know, a kitchen full of teenagers coming back from something and, and talking with you about things. I, I don't know. It's just a very different feeling than when they were little. But it's nice to have more of them, I guess, in, in my sense. I, I, I love having that big full house feeling. I guess at some point it has to stop. Like, Sarah, you you decided not to do number four. Yeah. And I've had no, like, I mean, I guess if you're thinking about whether to have a third and you're worried that you're just going to always, always have an impulse for more children, I guess I can tell you that, like, for me, that wasn't the case. But I feel like we have just enough chaos. And I really do enjoy, I enjoy going to a restaurant and, like, having, having, like, to get the bigger table and, like, just having a little bit more going on. So I do enjoy that. And yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no desire for further expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not having a sixth in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) At some point you do, in fact, stop and and five feels big enough for us. But even so, I mean, I'm looking forward to what that'll mean in in future generations, too. I was uh, I don't know if anyone's seen this because it got shared around a fair amount. So regardless of what you think of his politics, but Senator Mitt Romney is you know, has five children and his sons have all had many children themselves. And they sent around a Christmas card last year, like with the whole clan. (laughs) And it's really quite a shot. And I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe that could be my family. I don't think my children will have quite as many children as as the Romney sons have, have turned out to have. But they they could and and but even if they even have, you know, two or three apiece, that's still, you know, 10 to 15 grandkids or whatever that, you know, we'd all be around and and have that large family dynamic, which I just think would be really cool. Like, I'd love to have huge gatherings of, you know, your people in the future. So I don't know if, if that appeals to you, 
then we would tell you that the tough part is early. And then you start getting a lot of the payoff of having these cool people in your life. And of course, that's what you want. When people are who probably want to have a third kid are asking Sarah and me this question, like, obviously, neither of us is going to be like, well, yeah, that was a huge mistake. Life would have been so much better if I hadn't had that third kid. Like, we love it, right? We love having these big families. And we have not, in whatever the cultural narrative is out there, we have not in any way found that it has limited our other ambitions. You know, and part of that is choosing careers that, you know, we'd also encourage women, you know, that you want to go for bigger jobs as well, because then that gives you more resources to get the help you need. But if you do want a bigger family, it might be better to go for both of those, right? Then maybe something that's, you know, more challenging to combine work and life because you have less authority and seniority over your career and things like that. Yeah. I was just thinking about the math problem of like, if each of your kids had five kids, because that's what they were used to. So you'd have 25 grandchildren and I'd only have nine. And that's just such a huge difference. But I guess the truth is like, that's how it works, right? It's like three cubed, five cubed, six cubed, seven cubed. And you that can get how out of hand. Powers does work, Sarah. <laughs> so I think that's what, that's why the Mitt Romney photo looks the way it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. <laughs> Sorry. I was like lost in this, like, um, multiplication. Problem. The multiplication of yeah, but, but Yes. If, if five children have five children apiece, then that's 25. And if, you know, at that point, they're older. I mean, cause he, he's, you know, seventies. So some of them, their children are getting married and right. Like it's, and you hopefully know, each having their five. So we, can, their, like, <laughs> then we wind up with 125 in the next <laughs> generation. It just keeps going. It just keeps wow. going. So should we, sorry, we wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, we should wrap it up. I guess we're not going to actually like answer this question specifically because we think this is a question to think about maybe in private or with your partner, but one thing that might be an interesting thought experiment was to just ask yourself, like, how would you feel if you were accidentally pregnant right now? Like, that could be an interesting litmus test. And Laura came up with this, by the way. She should get all the credit. <laughs> but I'm reading it. And I think it's like a nice way to just like put yourself in that position and and think through all the possibilities. Yeah, because if you are pondering having a third, and so this is a potential for the future. So if you woke up tomorrow and was like, whoa, I recognize those symptoms. And it turned out that you were, in fact, expecting a third tomorrow. What would be your thoughts about that? Would you be like very, very excited? Like, well, I didn't make an active decision, but like, woohoo, like, yes, this is what I totally wanted. Or would you be more feeling trepidation? Like, how am I going to be able to go through with this? This is just, you know, I'm not sure I can deal with this. This is, you know, not something I'm very excited about. If you're feeling that way, then that's something to definitely consider as you are looking forward to making this decision, because obviously you don't have to have a third either. Even if you come from a larger family, you know, even if you're one of five and all your siblings have five, you absolutely do not have to do that. You know, it's perfectly wonderful to have two kids, to have one kid, to have no kids, right? There are many ways to have a happy life. So considering how you might feel in that situation could be a good way to test this out on a gut level of whether you'd like to go for a third or not or a fourth or a fifth. I'm glad I'm not expecting a sixth, Sarah. So <laughs> could throw that out there. All right. So question, the listener question this week. This listener says, I am headed away on summer vacation. Can you share your favorite family packing hacks? 
Well, I will say that the biggest thing that has made the difference for us is having the kids have luggage that they can handle themselves because it is such a game changer lugging your kids stuff around the airport versus them doing it. And Genevieve's five and she now has like a small backpack that we usually put all the kids iPads in and she can carry it just fine and a small rolling bag and watching her walk through the airport like with her stuff and everybody just having their own stuff. Oh my gosh, it was like the best. I just loved it so much. So I would say working on trying to get your kids, you know, obviously, if they're one and two, that's that's a different story. But if they're kind of preschool age and up, if you try, you can often find luggage kind of scaled to them that will help them help you. And that makes things a lot easier. Yeah, I'm currently packing at the moment. Um, <laughs> we're recording this episode, which we have a couple of things. things. I firmly believe that you should not check bags if it is all possible not to. We may need to because I think Michael's got to bring his diving stuff. So that's a, a different matter. But you can just get through airports quicker and you are less likely to lose your stuff, right? Because you can pack the best packing in the world and the airline loses your luggage for 48 hours. You don't have any of it, right? So do not overpack. Like, unless you are going to a total wilderness area, and if you are going to a total wilderness area, my guess is like you're backpacking or something anyway, in which case you don't want much stuff regardless, right? So if you are going to a place with civilization, right, you will be able to buy more diapers. You will be able to buy an extra bottle if you decide you need an extra bottle. If you need an extra sweatshirt because it was colder than when you thought, you know, you were going like, I mean, I always bring sweatshirts, even if we're going somewhere like tropical and hot and everything like that, because I feel like, you know, you'll be in the air conditioning somewhere and it'll be cold. But if you need an extra sweatshirt, like my guess is there's going to be a store that will sell one to you, right? And then you get a souvenir of your trip with, uh, you know, the name of that place that you went on your sweatshirt. So not overpacking because you will be able to get almost all of this stuff, I think is just been very important for us because then we can just go through the airport with our things, get off the plane and go where we're going. We don't worry about having so much stuff. Like, we just have what we need for the day. So as part of that, you really got to think through the outfits you are actually going to wear. I think some people who overpack sort of assume they'll need everything so they can make their choices from their normal wardrobe. You don't do that. Actually think through what you will wear on every day and pack those things, right? Like, don't have it be like, well, what will I feel like wearing on Thursday? Like, well, you, this is what you're going to feel like wearing on Thursday, which is what you've decided to bring for Thursday. Although even then, like if you're renting a house, it'll have laundry. Like it'll have, uh, you know, so you can do a load of laundry on vacation if you needed to. So yeah, I, I would just say less stuff is generally the way to go. And, you know, but if you have young kids, make sure you have an, an extra pair of clothes for everybody, like relatively accessible. Just put that out there. <laughs> Agree with everything, especially, yeah, we've become such a carry-on family. Really avoid checking unless there's some very specific reason. It's just so much easier to just be able to just get up and go when you've landed and not have to, like, everyone's at their crankiest after a flight. Yeah. And it's not when I want to be standing next standing to the Standing around carousel, for 20 minutes waiting for wondering your Wondering if my stuff will yeah, actually, actually make it. All right. So love of the week, Sarah. Mine is going to be one-on-one trips with my kids. So, you know, we've talked about it can be harder to spend individual time with your kids, but we've both kind of made it a priority to do so. And I actually took Sam 
on a trip to Acadia and Maine, Bar Harbor, Maine, uh, for a couple of days in June. And it was a lot of fun. This was his Christmas present, and I guess combo mommy day, which some of the older children may have said that I've really like upped the game on it. Now I think they're expecting stuff like this too. I'm like, well, you ask for it for Christmas then. Like ask for it for Christmas and then, you know, we can, we can work something out. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time and it's good to get to spend some one-on-one time with one child and you talk to them more than you would otherwise. So big fan of that. How about you, Sarah? I love that. And I, yeah, I like the, okay, if you want a trip for your one-on-one day, that better be like a Christmas present. Cause that's not just like a freebie <laughs> that you get automatically. Totally makes sense. I'm going to go with my Inkwell Press discbound planner that I'm using these days that I had from 2020 and actually like bought new inserts for and haven't really played with discbound for a long time. But it's kind of fun to be able to take things out of your planner and move them around. So if you want to hear more about that, I think there would have already been a Best Laid Plans episode released on that, but um, I am loving it right now. So it's my love of the week. Awesome. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We've been talking about things to consider if you are pondering having a third kid or I guess a fourth or a fifth and so on. We will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.